Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A-U-N. American Underground Network. reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar? The public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Conant Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Thanks, everyone. This is our last show of the year. In the next two weeks, we will be off. And the following week, our first show for next year will be the one-year anniversary of the January 6th uh, affair that took place in D.C. Bob Schultz is going to have the floor for the first 15, 20 minutes uh, to give us a recap update. And these are, these are complimentary initiatives. Uh, we all have been with Bob personally 20-plus years. Uh, an incredible body of work documented thoroughly uh, and, and the resources uh, behind We the People Foundation, the causes of action of We the People Congress all across the country have been well documented. Um, Bob uh, has, has some great, great news to announce next next year when we have him on in January. Waiting in the Wings is, is Paul Nally and Carl Swenson to provide us an update. On, on the grand jury project. Uh, we delivered the information to hum, Hamu last week, and hopefully we didn't get it done for Bill of Rights Day, but uh, I'm sure by the end of this year we'll have this, this uh, project done and we can start launching this, taking the first baby steps along the way. So, Bob, thanks for coming on, and Carl, thanks for coming on, being patient, waiting, and Paul in the wings, and let's all celebrate uh, in a positive way the, the cause of liberty and freedom. And, and, and mustering up as many people to educate them to become aware of, of, of the true nature of freedom. And it begins with the right, God-given rights that we all have documented in our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, uh, which includes that unknown right, the right to petition. And Bob has been shouldering this uh, whole effort for, for God knows how long. Thank you, Bob, for coming on and, and sharing some time with us tonight at the, at the end of the year. Well, thank you for having me, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, Carl. Hi, Paul. Um, 
So, yeah, we were, uh, I guess it's time to fish or cut bait. Um, we uh, have given it everything we've had um, to give. As you say, Fred, over 20 plus years, 30 years maybe, um, we fully restore the First Amendment right to petition the government for redress of grievances. We all know by now uh, that no court has ever declared what the rights of the people are and the obligations of the government under that those last 10 words of the First Amendment. But so what we do, what we're supposed to do uh, in that event is look at the historical, review the historical record of the provision in the Constitution. What did the words mean when they were added? That work has all been done. Um, the courts um, pay no attention to it. Um, so as I say, it, it's, uh, we're at the point, our organization, we're at the point where we need to a critical mass is needed in each state. The government has so little respect for the people. And so a critical mass, enough people putting a collective foot down to get that respect. So we're going to, uh, I've been spending quite a bit of time, gosh, over the years, we have actually uh, hundreds of email lists uh, We've had at least three tours across the country, every state, um, going back to the mid-90s. Uh, and people filled out a, you know, a form and indicated their email addresses. We've had hundreds of these lists, and we've spent quite a bit of time here recently um, preparing a master list both for the country and one for New York State, where I live. And uh, many of you are on more than one of those lists. And so what we were doing was sending out uh, 100 at a time tests, just a message that said in the subject line test, to see which um, were undeliverable. People have changed their email addresses or passed away or whatever. And so uh, that's been done and the duplicates, uh, and there were many of those, have been eliminated. And so we have a master, as I say, master mailing list we'll be communicating after the first of the year. Um, and we have a our plan is, is to, before we were so rudely interrupted by the government who just, uh, we were well on our way to, to organizing people in every state, state by state, organizing the people to, you know, to institutionalize, make a permanent institution of citizen vigilance something that just an oversight uh, when the country was founded. We uh, uh, declared our independence from the government way back. And the reason we gave in our Declaration of Independence, frankly, was because uh, our repeated petitions uh, were answered only with repeated injury. That's the language in the Declaration of Independence. I encourage people to revisit it. Starts out with a list of some 26 or 27 grievances. And then it states that in every stage of these oppressions, we humbly petitions, but our repeated petitions were answered only with repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which would define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. That was it. And so it, you know, and, and then that right to petition ended up in our first amendment. Um, 
and it was followed uh, until 1836. If you say petitioned your congressman, that petition, unless it was totally frivolous or libelous, it always went to a committee and every Monday Congress, believe it or not, compare that with today, Congress every Monday dealt with petitions for redress of grievances. And things worked well in the colonial legislatures even before um, we declared our independence in the colonial legislatures. Um, you know, they people petitioned and uh, there were uh, more, according to work done by Akila Marit at uh, Yale, um, there was, there was more uh, response and more legislation, more progress due to petitions than um, at the local level, at least, um, and for any other reason. But, but things changed in 1836. Uh, the Southern congressmen in the House of Representatives prevailed. Uh, they did not feel, they didn't want to answer those petitions coming from those abolitionists seeking to end the practice of slavery. So they got a gag rule passed and said, Nick said, any of those petitions will be permanently tabled. Those, that was the language. And it took John Quincy Adams eight years. He was president, returned to Congress to get that gag rule repealed. And uh, it, it had become the forgotten right. Um, in, in, 17, in 1979, uh, oh, sir, you got some feedback? Oh, she didn't say he was on his right, mama. Hang on, stop, 64. There we go. Okay. Well, in any event, that's, uh, so uh, we've, we've spent now decades in an attempt to fully restore the right to petition. It has become the forgotten right, um, due in large part to that gag rule passed in 1836. It's a rule that was followed in Congress for eight years. Um, and so we, we've tried everything. Uh, we have respectfully petitioned uh, local government, state government, federal government. Um, we petition and they don't respond. We go to court and the courts uh, miss these cases for lack of jurisdiction or some other thing, lack of standing. So we can't get anywhere, you know, with the court. So it's time to put a foot down. Time to take a stand. The situation is particularly uh, harmful. Government, um, as Thomas Jefferson said, no government can continue good except under the control of the people. He also said that it's, it's natural, you know, for the government, for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. Because people, it's natural, people don't pay attention until it's too late. And that's our situation. Uh, things are way out of hand. The government has gained far too much power at our expense. And so we're, we were well on our way in 2012, 13, 14 to institutionalizing citizen vigilance when government decided to silence us. And they kept me personally busy for all these years in litigation, which is now over. It's, it's passed. And uh, we're back to uh, 
the goal of institutionalizing citizen vigilance state by state. So we're about ready to go shortly after the first of the year. We will launch a major effort. Um, we have, we're going to focus here in New York State at the same time folks in other states to put their art to show them how, help them along, guide them uh, in setting up their organizations, uh, which will have, which will be apart from politics, it'll be simply to monitor government wherever government policy is being made in their states and to hold them accountable, relying on the petition clause. And if they don't respond, uh, then there'll be a large uh, supporting membership. This is the plan. There'll be a large supporting membership in each state uh, willing uh, to uh, take the position of redress before taxes. Uh, it's time for this. Here in New York, uh, the launch here in New York, and the, it's an interesting situation. We, we have here in New York a law that was passed in um, 1947. I'm quoting. All teachers of, it's section 801 of the state education law section 801 of the state education law. This is what it says. All teachers of this state will teach all children of this state in public and private schools from grade eight on, I'm quoting, the history, the meaning, the significance, and the effect of every provision of our state and federal constitutions and our declaration of independence. Now, Judy and I graduated high school in 1957. We weren't taught. Our kids and grandkids aren't taught. Rising generation after generation are not taught. Generation after generation are not, therefore, anchored the fundamental principles upon which the country was founded. I can tell you that most people do not even know they have a state constitution. That's the state constitution that governs the behavior of all elected and appointed officials in your states, far more so than does the federal constitution, which hardly ever comes into play in the day-to-day -day administration of the state. So absent and educated and organized citizenry holding government accountable the government has been seizing power at liberty's expense. So we will, uh, we have a, a very specific plan. We know who to send, uh, we're gonna send a guest essay to each of the 41 daily newspapers in New York State, as well as a detailed uh, email to a very large thousands of folks here in the state. And uh, we have a PowerPoint presentation that goes into detail, uh, which uh, people will be uh, made aware of. We have a, a, a plan, a budget. Uh, 97,000 people across the state at $25 uh, as a, as a membership dues, that, that'll be the supporting membership. That will give us the ability uh, to implement this budget. The budget calls for the construction of a citizen vigilance center. Uh, the overall national plan calls for one of these in every state capital. But here in New York, the citizen vigilance center in and near Albany manned uh, with a legal team uh, and everyone needed uh, to run the organization. Uh, 
fully staffed. There'll be uh, regional and county coordinators. We have 62 counties in the state. There'll be six, a county coordinator. And these people, their job is to move, communicate and, and keep things moving. And there'll be a, a constitution monitors trained, located at every town, village, county, the state, monitoring government, wherever government policy is being made. And they'll be trained to submit petitions for redress of grievances where they see potential conflict with the rule of law, the rule of law from our state and federal constitutions on down. And petitions for redress will simply state the law, present the facts, um, and request uh, a response, either refute the facts or stop doing what you're doing. And if they don't get a response or it's a meaningless response, they'll submit that to the people at the Citizen Vigilance Center who will investigate and recommend a course of action for the underlying membership. And, um, and those people will more than likely engage in redress before taxes. In other words, if they have evidence that government has stepped outside the boundaries that we the people have drawn around its power and they've been petitioned and they've ignored that petition, then we have every right. Then it's for us to say, well, then that government is not the government we put in place. Why should we fund it? And they will uh, engage in redress before taxes. So here in New York, when we launched this after the first of the year, um, we will request, we will have a detailed petition for redress of grievances addressing this lack of civics education. We're blessed here in New York, we've got this solid law, plain language, but it isn't being followed. So we'll ask the people through, the, through uh, guest essays, through press releases, through PowerPoint and webinars, um, we'll ask people to do, to do two things. Join the organization and sign this petition for redress to, to bring civics education into our schools. It's the law, for heaven's sakes. And, um, and the petition for redress of grievances will make clear, the, the remedy thought uh, will be clear, and it will state that here to provide the remedy, then those signing the petition pledge that they will retain their ta uh, taxes, their school taxes, um, uh, until the, until the, the uh, problem is solved. And the petition will be served on our Board of Regents and our Commissioner of Education and our Governor. And then we'll have people across the state uh, present it um, at their school board meetings uh, to their, uh, we have 688 uh, school boards uh, in our state. And we'll see to it that hopefully the, the 97 or 100,000 or more people who sign yeah. up will come from all of these school districts. And, that, and we'll see that this petition is delivered, it's made a part of the record of these school districts. So that's where we are, and it's good to get back to work. Hey, hey Bob, a, a little birdie just landed uh, on my shoulder to give me this, this phrase. Uh, you know, we, we talk about CRT, CRT, critical race theory. Yes. How about CLT, CLT, critical law theory? Critical <laughs> law theory. <laughs> Critical law theory. Uh, yeah, it's the, 
Well, in this case, we're blessed is that we follow the law here. We would have followed. <laughs> so some states critical issue, yes. a critical law that needs to be followed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Critical law here. Okay. Yeah, good idea. Okay. I'll run that up the flagpole. Yes, we'll include that. So uh, that's uh, where we are. Um, we've got most of this put together. Um, uh, it'll be We the People of New York that will be launching this here. And uh, we hope to, uh, the We the People Foundation will guide. Uh, people in every state so that we get a we the people of Virginia, we the people of Illinois, and so forth. Um, and we will we'll be able to help them. And, and uh, uh, we'll have a certificate of incorporation already done here. We're incorporated here in New York. Our mission, our official mission is to hold government accountable to the rule of law. Um, so anyway, we will be getting underway after the first of the year. Bob, and, and we'll, we'll, before we go on to Paul, and, and um, thank you, Paul and, and Carl, for being patient. Uh, we still open up for some comments, a little question or comment that I have. And I need to document this, but every time you talk about the gag order in 1836, I almost want to uh, dress up or think of imagining a, a, a theater stage with, with actors acting out these actual scenes when this gag order was introduced, because this is a critical, critical uh, story uh, that needs to be brought to life. Let's understand the, the the point of history, this is a, a cover-up of, of huge dimensions, and it was done by you, real people. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, it was a tough time, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, can you, all, all uh, you know, so the issue then was, are we going to follow the Constitution or not? You know, the, 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 the uh, petition clause. The government yeah. is obligated to respond and, yeah. and uh, to us when we are uh, pointing out that our rights are being violated. And had they, <laughs> so are they going to respond? We could have avoided the Civil War had they the Civil War. Had they exactly. bowed, had they <laughs> bowed to the Constitution. But no, uh, it just wasn't to be. It was just too much emotional. In light of your ed educational idea to bring light to educate the youth that that is a story that needs to be highlighted Bob. yeah yeah we, we it, it, the constitution is meant to reign supreme but there it was and um it wasn't i mean it was it was set aside and look it at the set cost. aside and ignored yeah look at the cost you know every other country at, at that time uh slavery you know, at one time, slavery was universal. It was everywhere. And so people were born into a society that where there was slavery. Um, but uh, we here, you know, every other country got rid of slavery peacefully. Not in America. And had we followed our Constitution, we could have done so peacefully. Um but it wasn't to be. <laughs> so, but you're right. It's a story that needs to be told, and and uh, importance of the the rule of law. I'm. A, it, it, it needs to be written up like on a play in Broadway or something like that, like 1776 or something like that. Uh, it was one of my favorite plays. I, I acted as I was Senator Bartlett in that play in high school. But uh, anyway, anybody else, uh, a final comment? Bob, thank you so much. Uh, I know you're being assisted behind the scenes, and it's a tedious work to get all those email lists consolidated, checked out, updated. Um, uh, I, I really appreciate the people who are helping you behind the scenes. 
and we're going to find out more about this next next month as we go along. Uh, some great ideas no, I, that um, you're going to share going forward. You know, one blessing um, came out of it. It was a lot of work, believe me, <laughs> pulling that together. Um, but I heard back from so many people that I haven't, you know, communicated with in, across the country in so long. Oh, that's great. It was, it was a blessing. It was really good to hear from so many people. That's that, great. You know, that's great. That, you know, so. Okay, well. All right. Well, Bob, be, uh, give, give our, our, our blessings and prayers go out to you and Judy, your family. One. And, and I, as I said to you in my last call earlier this week, please, if it does snow, don't kill yourself plowing your driveway. <laughs> Hire somebody no, to do it for you, please. No, I got to walk behind. That's my outdoor gym. I've been uh, I've been heating the house with wood, believe it or not. I, I got a whole lot of acres here. And uh, so I cut down trees, and, and they dry out, and I split them and uh, feed the wood-burning stove. And it's my outdoor gym. Uh, the place looks good. Uh, I you take care of the by hand, do you? You've got to have a machine with those logs, right, Bob? No, I, I actually have two At wedges. Please, split them by hand. And a couple of sledgehammers. Oh, and, my yep, God, I do. that's hard work. Oh, yeah, but chopping oh, wood yeah, is addicting. Chopping wood is addicting. It's so good for the soul. It really is. I understand you, Bob. Anybody can buy a machine and stick the piece of wood in there and tell the machine to split it. Hey, come on. What, okay, all right. All right. A lot of respect for you, Bob. God bless you. Yeah. Well, there's a lot all of right. lawns, a lot of weed whacking and wood cutting and trimming and stuff. It's my outdoor gym. Let's put it that way. All right. Stay well, everybody. God bless you. Merry thank, thank you, Bob. And we'll, we'll be thinking about you and Judy. Godspeed, and we'll catch you on the backside next year, okay? Yep, will do. Look forward to it. Stay well. Are you still there? And, and Paul, are you still out there? Yes, sir. Yep, still here. Paul, and, uh, and Bob represented the right petition in this corollary uh venue called the grand jury uh we should be able to take all of this information about about the uh our, our elected officials not following the law back to a venue called the grand jury to present these these facts and and, and have it adjudicated uh, uh paul i sent that information off off to the individual hamook who is going to be adding that to the file that's going to be part of a video slash audio presentation that we hope to launch here. Uh, do you guys have any final comments for the end of the year? We're going to try to keep this short and sweet tonight uh, to give us uh, something to look forward to going into next year. Oh, you go first. I got a little bit to say there. Hey, I'll try and keep it short. Uh, we just had a, I think I told you gentlemen or your listening audience about being my being indicted by Coffee County Grand Jury. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, what, what we did is we filed for a continuance <clears throat> because we had not been appointed counsel. And uh, so the judge was kind enough to grant our continuance. But when I filed it, I also filed a uh, plea in bar, and I gave the judge four reasons why we could not be prosecuted uh, criminally for what we did in petitioning the grand jury. And uh, the last one, item number four, was I raised the defense of a citizen's First Amendment prosecutorial immunity. And I don't recall whether I mentioned that to y'all or not. But there is a case uh, from 1964, New York Times Company v. Sullivan. Yep. And, and, and that case plainly states, uh, let me see if I can find exactly what they, okay, right here. On page 291, the court is quoted as saying, for good reason, no court of last resort in this country has ever held or even suggested 
that prosecutions for liable on government have any place in the American system of jurisprudence. Mm -hmm. uh, at page 297, uh, Justice Goldberg and Douglas made the following observation. The court thus rules that the Constitution gives citizens a conditional, privileged, immunizing, non-malicious misstatements of facts regarding the official conduct of government officers. There you have it. You have constitutional immunity, prosecutorial immunity, when you take corrupt judges, district attorneys, county commissioners, it doesn't matter who, as long as they're public officials and as long as you're not doing this maliciously or obstructing justice, you are immune from prosecution. So at any rate, uh, the judge, we had another hearing. We had a status hearing, an attorney status hearing. We've still not been appointed counsel. Uh, the indigent, counsel, indigent defense counsel down there finally got around to telling the court that I was not, uh, that my wife and I made too much money. Well, the problem is my wife and I, she's my first wife. Uh, we're legally separated. And in part of that legal separation, I waived any uh, claim uh, to being her heir or her assigned. And um, so I, I'm going to be challenging now the state's holding her liable for my death. Oh, my God. Isn't that something? Gosh, that's crazy. you got to watch okay. this. <laughs> oh, my God. What a twisted mess. I'm sorry, Paul. Uh, but the judge did take that, apparently take that into consideration, and he realized that uh, there were going to be some extenuating circumstances in my try attempting to uh, obtain legal counsel. So he, he, he said, well, under the circumstances, I'm going to extend your arraignment another 60 days. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh! And Paul, re, 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 reiterate what what it is that you're being charged. We're being charged under sixteen ten twenty point one, which is filing a false or fictitious document in a court of the state of Georgia, which I, which I part of that I love because when the grand jury says you have filed a false or fictitious document in a court, that means they're the court. Now nobody can argue with the fact that a grand jury is a court. You've got to think of it as, as a panel, a tribunal of judges. But uh, anyway, that's what they charged us with. Now what they did do, now they took, took that one our petition to them, and they rewrote the sentence as we started it. But they took out one word that we used. Sir, please, star six, your phone, please. Okay, we got it, Fred. Okay. Anyway, they uh, they started out quoting our document, but they took out one word that we did use, and they inserted nine more words that we never said. <clears throat> what they say we said does not appear anywhere in our pleading. So basically what they have done is they have falsified the evidence so that... It, They've they tampered could, with the judicial record. They've tampered with the judicial record. Well, yes, they did, and uh, I hate you know, to bring this to, eventually bring this to their attention, but the United States Supreme Court has made it quite plain in uh, U.S. v. Calandra that grand juries may not violate any valid privilege, whether established in the Constitution, the statutes, or the common law. Uh, they just lost their judicial immunity. And, and by the way, 
this case, um, I am working now with an attorney. I did get in touch with one today who was uh, apparently cognizant of the significance of my plea and bar on the immunity part and is uh, studying closer. And what I'm looking for is moving this criminal prosecution over into federal court and getting a U.S. District Court decision that, yes, citizens are immune. And once we get that case law precedent set, then it's going to be Katie bar the door across the nation. Everybody in this brother petition the grand jury not worry about a sheriff or a district attorney or a judge jumping on them. Wow. God, that oh, sounds you. interesting. I'm very excited. I'll yield a call. <laughs> okay. Paul. Yeah, you got, you got, a, you got it going on, Paul. I'm just, uh, <clears throat> Merry Christmas to everybody, and uh, hope everybody has a happy New Year coming up. And yeah, we we need to uh, we need to have a little levity and and uh, back off a little bit so that we can enjoy our friends and family and just get this uh, season kicked off in the right in the right vein. But Bob Schultz said, said something that curiously runs parallel to what uh, what I'm involved with in right now. Both Paul and I ha- have uh, the idea that we're trying to help out some citizens here in the state of Georgia who have had their children taken from them illegally. And that's, uh, that's one of the reasons we're trying to get before the grand jury is to get those children back. So where Paul's going in one direction with this, uh, we're, we're trying to get to the same place. But um, now the, the man that I'm working with, um, Randall, uh, he uh, he had his granddaughter taken from him um, almost 10 years ago, and he's been fighting um, the, the legal lawful battle ever since. And he's run out of all all avenues of uh, uh, of approach to this issue. Uh, there's a lot of people, most of the county in his county, uh, is in violation of. of several different laws, not the least of which uh, one of them will be uh, kidnapping and uh, child trafficking. So all of this going on, we've petitioned. We've petitioned petitioned grand jury after grand jury. We haven't had any luck doing that because the the DAs and all these various jurisdictions just, uh, they don't want us anywhere near their courts. Uh, They have no right to do that, but they they do it anyway. And... uh, what Bob was saying about bringing taxes into this, when you've, when you've exhausted all of your avenues of redress, holding back your taxes is about the only thing you can do. Because that's the only thing that they do understand and the only thing that they will feel. If you can't make them feel it, you're not going to make them do it. So what uh, <laughs> the approach that we've been taking now is uh, – both Randall and I are party to the Hudoc documents, hudoc.info, H-U-D-O-K. You might want to take a look at that because... Uh, wait, wait, wait. How do you spell that? H-O-H-U-D-O-K, Hudoc. Hudoc.info, I think it's also hudoc.com. But what has happened here is a group of people got together and they... They petitioned for redress on a lot of different issues, constitutional issues, um, issues of uh, legality, of what the uh, government has turned into and started up in West Virginia. Well, they uh, went through all these, all these petitions and never had any response. Zip, zero, nada. They made claims. They made serious claims that, uh, that went un- unchallenged. So the government just basically didn't answer. And when the government does not answer, for, uh, for a petition like this, where do we go? What do we do? Well, we do have recourse. We actually do. And it's outside of the government. It's called arbitration. So these gentlemen went through arbitration. And the ar- arbitration process worked in their favor. Now, arbitration, most people are vaguely familiar with what that is. This is the same thing, and it's been 
documented as being valid every time it's tried. Uh, the last big validation we got was from no, no less than uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court. He ruled that those, uh, those arbitrations were, were valid. Fine. So the arbitration basically awarded the, um, um, the finding of, well, not finding, but there was an award made by the arbitrators that uh, went back to the government again in the form of a private law, because that's what we, I, when I say we, I'm an opt-in member and so is Randall. The arbitration award was such that, uh, you know, until you guys get your act together, uh, we're not going to be party to this system of, of government, whatever you want to call it, because it's not a, uh, a constitutional republic as we are promised. As we are guaranteed. So, no taxes. Uh, only laws that are, are going to be acknowledged will be the uh, ones for capital offenses, you know, murder, rape, that kind of stuff. But the statutes, ordinances, things like that do not apply. So, being an opt-in, and Randall being an opt-in, what he has done is he had filed this with his uh, paperwork and trying to get that child back with the superior court there in his county. And they accepted that, and it is now on record. And it being on record means it is law. So that's what we're going into as a part of a tax appeal. Um, we haven't got the date set up quite right. It's going to be somewhere between the 1st and the 15th of uh, this coming January, where all of this gets argued. Taxability gets argued. We're no longer liable to be taxed, to be taxed. Not just uh, you know reduce the rates or you know cut cut you a slack here or there. No, no. We have to be taken off the rolls, off the tax rolls, totally. It's got them in a in a in a real uh, quandary down there. They, they truly don't know what to do, and that's the reason why they've uh, they put this one off. Like Paul has, has his uh, continued. They've been continuing this now for, I think this is the fourth iteration that they, they've gone through trying to set, set up the time and date that we uh, uh, argue this appeal. And uh, we've invited the people like the Secretary of State, uh, um, Governor, um, some of the judges, you know, but a lot, of, a lot of heavy hitters that have been invited to this particular meeting. and. We've been assured that we will be given all the time that we need, and it will be, um, it will be videoed for sure. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be arguing that because if they can come in and take your property in the form of children, what are we paying taxes for? You see that we have a dual system of justice right now, which is no justice at all. What are we paying for? We don't need to do that. Well, who is this, this this girl, this ch child who was uh, kidnapped? Uh, uh -huh. What cause of action was this behind, or what 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 gave them that? Is this just uh, uh, administrative? Uh, uh, this it's a it's it's kind of a long story, and it's, it's a very interesting okay. one. I guarantee you. But, Probably can't uh, do it tonight. But but if you could just no no no. No, but we do we do need to, do need to go through this one because it's not uncommon is the problem. It's not uncommon, and it, it revolves around um, families starting off that aren't starting off in a in a financially secure position, and make they are they are made targets by the state. Targets how? Well, there's a lot of people out there that want to adopt adopt children, and. They want, uh, they want a certain type of child. And so they can put, put their order in with Child Protective Services. Child Protective Services goes through the uh, list of people who are uh, due to be having babies here, and they'll, they'll look at uh, those that really don't make very much money and those that can't defend themselves, oh and they'll take god. those babies from them. Oh, oh, oh my god. Uh, now, there's, there's, there's a, that, that's the simplistic uh, uh, um, response yeah. to that, but... 
it's very, very much on, on point with this particular gentleman. So that's what we're going to be arguing, and that's what we're going to be bringing to light. Again, this is all uh, going to be public record. It's all, uh, um, it's all part of the, the, the court system right now because they, they were nice enough to uh, enter it in and certify all the documents that we've got, which is the who.info uh, Bill of Peace 2020, which is the award that uh, they granted whether they liked it or not because they did so by uh, failure to respond to anything that has been put forward. They don't want to be bothered with us. Well, we don't want to be bothered with their hassles either. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, turn the tables on them a little bit here. That's that's where we're at, starting the beginning of this year. Well, sometime in the first quarter, would Randall be willing to come on our show here with you? I, I'm sure he That's would. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He, uh, God knows he knows this story inside and out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a, what a fight it's been. But we people need help. They need help. They can't do it on their own. And this this is so convoluted that here here he is a, a disabled vet. Okay, he's supposed oh to be getting 100% disability. He petitioned for that. Um, oh, I don't know, years ago. And because he is trying to get his child back, they are holding up his disability at the VA. Oh my God. And they have threatened, people have threatened to make sure that he didn't get that disability. So he stopped trying to get this child back. And that's where we're at right now. So it's a, it's a, it's a fight royale. And uh, Paul's got his fight and we've got ours. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to continue to do it because we have to succeed. We, we, we can't, failure is not an option here. We've got to have the, the, the grand juries working again so that we can do the redress, as Bob Schultz says. We need that. If we don't have that, we don't have a system of, of governance. So I, I tried to shorten this up as best I could. Um, you know, can I, can, Paul, can I interrupt and, a moment? Fred? Bob, absolutely. Go ahead. Is, yeah, sorry, Carl. Yeah. Um, it's a given. With every right, there's a remedy. Uh-huh. And and any right that is not enforceable is not a right. Those aren't my words. Those words come from Blackstone's commentaries mm-hmm. and... Marbury versus Madison, 1803, U.S. Supreme Court. Any right that's not enforceable is not a right. With every right, there's a remedy. We have our right to our property. We have our right to our, our ability to petition for redress of the grievances. We have many rights. And, his, and, his, and history shows government is obligated to respond. We, the, the Constitution is all about power between the people and the government. And, of course, <laughs> what government in history has not always tried to gain more power? Uh, and and if they do, they gain it at our expense and at the expense of liberty. So, we, you know, talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. And uh, it's time for people to put a collective foot down against these abuses and force well, the government some to Some of us out there are doing that. But it takes a, it takes a collective foot down. It, it takes a critical mass. Otherwise, it's difficult. You just don't get the respect. Like Dan Bongino said, it's not the first person that gets up to dance that makes it, makes it happen. It's the second. You've got to be the second person because there's going to be patriots out there, and I hope, I hope to be part of that first wave. There's going to be patriots that are going to stand up and put themselves in harm's way. 
and put themselves out there to, to look like fools, whatever. But you see the wisdom in what's going on. The real power is in getting that second person to come with you because with the second comes four, yeah. six, eight, a hundred. Starts with, it starts with one. A lot of people are complaining these days that it just needs a spark. Hoping this will this will be it. Lord knows I've, I've searched for it for a long time. Yeah, this is a nonviolent solution to the problem. Uh, what mm-hmm. we're talking Absolutely. about, and if, and if we don't get it, and at some point, the anger in the country, the divisiveness, there's going to be an upheaval, and that. You know, I'm very much opposed to. I'm opposed to violence. We've got to try and prevail nonviolently. Exhaust all, all enemies. Just exercising our rights. We'll see how many people (laughs) get to the first of the year. We'll see how many people (laughs) want civics education in our schools. It's the law, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, right it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great new year. A lot of a lot of things are going to happen this this new year. Um, yep. It's going to be testy. It's going to be testy for sure. But I think I think there's uh, there's hope on the horizon. I think there's hope for people like Paul. Um, oh, I think there's hope for people like Randall. I think there's hope for a whole host of people that are just being run roughshod over this whole country country people are just being run over and uh that's got to stop yeah and if now if not now then when when people are really geared up to what's going on more than they've ever been in my lifetime i'm in my 70s so if we're not doing this now then when will we ever get it done so i agree there's hopes coming in the future and and just in the immediate future (laughs) and many levels it will be don't, done don't, when the evil born. Don't forget. Sorry, Bob. Don't forget the one thing that we need to make sure we bring back into the equation. That is God. Without him, yep. nothing happens. Absolutely. He's going to give us it's a down on our You will only ask one. Only ask one. So... I will ask for uh, prayers go out. Prayers go out for all of us that are in this battle. All of us. On that note, Paul and Paul and Carl and Bob and everyone, let's have a moment of silence. Silence here, 15, 20 seconds of silence, and then we'll close it out. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Carl, Didi, Steve, Betty, Sam, anyone listening, Al Jordan. Uh, and, and please share the hope of this call as we end this year on a positive note. We're looking forward to following up with Bob and Carl and Paul. Please put the prayers out there for the protection of, of, of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ over all of these affairs. And I really appreciate Steve behind the scenes, Steve Jr. behind the scenes, all the work you guys have done over the years. Uh, we're all in this together. Thank you, Dee, for your spiritual guidance and support. Every every show, every week, you're always there. And uh, and and Betty, thank you. Uh, Betty's been sending out her her library to everyone, and I just received my latest copies of your books. Betty, thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. On that note, guys, Dee have a Merry Christmas. Bob, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Carl, and, and Paul, and Steve, and everyone. Uh, and you, you too, so Fred. We'll, yeah, Merry Christmas, yeah, we'll, Fred. Thanks for the great Merry Christmas party. See you guys on the one-year anniversary of January 6th. Let's keep the prayers for those people who are being detained without bail. Unconscionable. Yeah. Being done. 
to those people. All right. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. Happy Bye. New Year. Merry Thank Christmas. You. Thanks, Al. Take care, guys. Thanks. Have a good Thank one. You. Good Thank you. Thank you, Fred. God bless you, Fred. See you in three weeks, guys. Thank you, Fred. A-U-N, American Underground Network. Anybody there? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.